Before we get started, we would like to say that there is a trigger warning that comes along with hanging out with the Stigma Biddies and listening to this podcast. There will be conversations around mental health and chronic illness, and there may be some topics that may be triggering and may be hard to be a part of. We heard your cries loud and clear. Two weeks is just too long. So we are introducing today our biweekly episodes that are going to be a bit shorter. So join us for a smoke break. This week, we're going to be talking about how our mental health has been this week. Jeannie, do you want to let us know how you've been? Um, Overall, generally, I have been good. I will say that my biggest struggle this week has been identifying and I use the word containing loosely with manic episodes. Manic episodes have been really hard in this household this week. <laughs> what what have you been what have you been doing to to kind of deal with them? Um the biggest thing has been stepping away. And that mm-hmm. may not be the best answer and I know it inf- <laughs> infuriates my husband because he just wants to help and he just wants to understand. And as a non-neurotypical person with a typical neuro person, like it's, it's hard, especially mm-hmm. when he doesn't understand how intense and how just mind and body altering that those episodes can be. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what those episodes are for like you and how you know that's what's going on. So you know that you need to step away. I would say that number one, I haven't been able to hear this from a lot of people, but my skin will start to tingle. Like I will get so overwhelmed and it'll, it's almost like a pressure is just building like a geyser waiting to just explode. And then this tingling sensation will just come over my body. And if I can't get away, if I just simply can't step away and have a cool down process, that geyser will explode. Mm Hmm. So for you, it's best for you to just leave in that situation. And what do you do when you step away? Where is your self-care? What's that Um, look like? It honestly depends on what the situation is and just how overwhelmed those emotions are. It has been a really long journey for me to figure out exactly what self-care is. And I'm honestly still kind of on that journey Mm -hmm. Um, so right now, the best that I can offer for myself is when I do step away in those moments is to focus on my breathing and to focus Mm -hmm. on if I can steady my lungs, if I can steady my chest, then I can do anything else with my body in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about those a little bit in our previous episode and, uh, I one that I like is four six eight or four seven eight that one yeah I really like to do that one um my current therapist also we do a lot of breath work and with the breath work she also has me doing other movements be it um a physical placement or be in an actual position like a stretched position or something to change your environment yeah yeah so I find that pretty helpful so what about for you this week how has it been this week uh has been pretty tough I fired one of my caseworkers this week oh no 
Yeah, it was it was a very uncomfortable situation. She decided, and I only I only know this because um, so immediately after that appointment with her, I had my peer support, um, and then also my therapist today. So one of my peer supports and my therapist today pointed out that something she did was her trying to assert authority over me and try to belittle me and make me feel like, Oh, you're just a client. She, I used the word member and she was like, you're a client. You're not a member. And I'm like, those two words can mean the same thing. And it was just, it was, it was a very uncomfortable situation. And maybe we'll get more into that in another episode when we're talking about, like disability and advocacy and things like that, like knowing your rights. Um, but it, I handled it very well. I was able to stay calm. And this was really yeah. the first time that not only did I actually act differently, but my body acted differently. And so that was a really kind of cool. So it was like a really rough experience, but a big thing that happened for me this week that's really kind of worth celebrating. I'm so proud of you for standing up for yourself like that. A lot of people don't realize how big of a stretch that is. <clears throat> just simply finding your feet to stand on. Um, when you were presented with that, with that decision, how did you even remotely start to begin to tackle it? Do you mean like, like what to do in the moment that we were having the conversation? Yeah, especially with it being in the moment. Yeah, I just honestly, I was so taken aback and so disgusted that I was I was literally moving like this. Like, yeah, I was like, okay, have a good day and left. And I'm just like, I'm not really sure. I was only able to like realize that I handled it that way after the fact like during it is still very much like adrenaline but after the fact I was able to look back and because other people pointed it out you know and I was able to process it with other people right how important do you find um, especially as someone who has call it a situation that arises like that and you know you almost have this just tunnel vision of you know what I have to survive this situation and you just do the best you can out of the moment but having that third person support how important do you find it having an outsider view to have the conversation with honestly it provides a totally different thing right because exactly like you said for me it's just like I have to survive these situations um And having that conversation with a third party and having it be a safe space provides so much more. It provides me a space to, one, understand what the situation really was. Yes. To correct any biases or misunderstandings that I processed or interpreted for whatever reason that might be. Um, and it also allows me to process it with past experiences. So like my therapist had me do an exercise today about this. Um, and I, so like I traced my hands and on the left hand, I wrote all the negative things that it made me feel and like every negative emotion. And on the right side, I wrote all the positives. 
I like that. Yeah, that was really cool. And like through that exercise, that's how I was able to realize like this was an experience I've had so many times in my life, but I reacted differently this time. I was different this time and my needs got met. And that like, it just like gives so much more because now I can be like, okay, I can feel okay about the situation. I don't need to dwell on it. I don't need to feel pity for myself because it's processed and I can move forward. How do you feel that having that realization alone, just realizing that you reacted differently and you responded differently, how did that affect the rest of your week after that happened? Um, I was actually able to like still go on with my week because this happened the day before I was going out of town. Um, and going out of town, any sort of traveling is really difficult yes. for me. And just like, I become very irritable. Um, but I was so it, it was so much better. I was able to just like, I was exactly because like I said, like, I'm not dwelling on it anymore. I'm not having right. any on myself because I went through this experience. I just like processed it and I'm through it. And that's a totally different experience than I've ever had before. I love that. So you're starting to find your I wouldn't say assertiveness, but you're finding your assertiveness. <laughs> yeah, I think anyone who's ever known me would know, would say I'm I'm pretty assertive, but I would say what I'm finding is um, effectiveness. Ah, oh, I love that. I'm finding effectiveness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And me, I actually just had this conversation because I had a self-realization last night, actually, about just childhood and how you know, I'm so quick assertiveness, you know, everything was just so violent growing up, whether it was the language or the actions, everything Mm -hmm. was just so violent that even into my adulthood, like I can get to anger pretty quickly. I can get to assertiveness Mm -hmm. pretty quickly, but whereas it comes to effectiveness, like that is, that is still very much a learning curve. Yeah. And, and honestly, like this is, this is just one time that I've had that experience. You know, this is very new for me. I've also like, I'm very much quick, quick to tears, quick to rage Yes, has been my experience in the past. And it's like, no, my, like, no, like you're disrespecting me. No, my needs are not getting met. Like, no, just no. And in this scenario, I was like, this is, I, I honestly felt bad for her and I do feel bad for her because I don't know what you're doing being a caseworker with that mentality. Like you must be miserable every day at your job. Okay. But that is the other topic of conversation that I have had this week is people are so mean and ruthless going into such caring occupations like, you know, healthcare just as a general and, you know, CPS and childcare and, the rudest people I have ever met. Like, you're supposed to be caring for me. And I know I may not be a great patient. Hell, one of my best friends that's a, <laughs> a nurse and I call for every ailment that I have, she'll tell you I'm a horrible patient. But I'm not that bad. <laughs> like, I deserve respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've really not ever understood that. But, you know, that's... That's a whole nother topic, honestly. That's that's a whole episode in and of itself is getting into 
the medical field and like what we have to deal with. Well, I mean, like I said in the beginning, I guess, like, right. you know, talking about disabilities and stuff, like we'll definitely expand on this in a later topic um, oh, or a later yeah. episode. Absolutely. I even uh, hopped on a live earlier on um, TikTok and it was one of my friends and she was just in her car and she had her hood pulled up. And, you know, it's one of those that just sets off that internal alarm for us because we've experienced that. And I just sat on her live and I finally, it's just one of those things that are you okay? Is there anything that we can do? And she finally came out and that frustration and just that complete characteristic body change that she was presenting, she didn't have the $60 to pay for her medication. She did not have $60 and get that, get the total financial struggle. But it's the yeah. fact that why is medication so hard to come by, so hard to get? And the fact that two people are having to start a podcast to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, it's sad. I just don't understand. I don't know either. I really don't understand. And it's. I think that it's separate for mental health. You know, like if a diabetic was yes. upset about insulin, it would not be necessarily considered the same as someone who needs a psychiatric medication. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we come in is like, why? What's the stigma behind that? Because like, it's, it's just a, it's a medical issue. It is just well, different. It is in your brain. That's the only difference. Literally the only difference is, is a chemical. And <laughs> This week, my husband um, had an employee that had a mental breakdown. He's known for seizures, so he has some neurological stuff going on. And thank God that they all know this and they're very understanding. Um, but it, a grown man, he started to have a seizure. But instead of having a full blown out seizure, he had a, a mental episode. And in the middle of this very busy store in the middle of the day, pulled his pants down. Like he just, wow. he was not there. He didn't remember it. The, the ambulance had to come get him, bring him. And by the time somebody was contacted, his mother, to go to the hospital and get him, the ambulance had already dropped him off. He had already been observed and already released within 20 minutes. Why? Yeah. Because they're not his doctor and there's nothing physically wrong with him. So he needs to go see his doctor. Yep. You, what? Even though they have machines, <laughs> they have machines, they have tests, you have a way to, to help in some manner to at least maybe start to get to the root cause. Especially knowing, you know, somebody to that extent that is prone to seizures, has regular seizures, and you know that there is something neurologically just not going on correctly. Mm -hmm. For him to have a just full blown out breakdown in the middle of the week, in the middle of a busy store, yeah, something is not right. Mm -hmm. I just well, find it sad that so many people like this world is just so quick to turn an eye. It really is, you know, like the, there'll be 20 people watching and and no one will say anything. You know, I had a full blown meltdown out in front of a behavioral health center that was abusing me. And at, at five o'clock, everyone walked by and not a single person stopped and asked me if I was OK. You know, it, they were all behavioral health professionals and not a single person asked me if I was OK. And I was very clearly not OK. <sighs> That's because you were getting off time and interfering with them off the clock. That's why. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And that's, and it, it, that just goes right back to what we said is like, why are these people in these professions? Why are these people working these jobs? How are they getting hired for these jobs? And how are they, how are they maintaining these jobs when this is how they're working? I would say a lot of, from what I've experienced as someone who was raised by someone in the medical field who did not get the proper medical treatment that they should have, um, from my own personal experience, that came from somebody who they did what they were supposed to at work. Mm-hmm. They don't say the right things. They're going to do the right things. But once you're in a one-on-one position with them, that's a completely different story. Yeah. True. That's true. And they do tend to pick people who they think can't speak up for themselves like me. Exactly. <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> I can she said, mm, not today. <laughs> not today. All right. And with that, what do you want? What do you hope that people take away from today's episode? Um, from today's episode, I would say just know that trying your best is okay. Just what you can do in the moment, if that's all you have, it's okay. This has been, as you've heard, <laughs> an interesting week, just week. For the both of us and to know that, I don't know, just to have a safe place to come. I hope that this podcast is a safe place so you know that you're not alone and that you're not the only one struggling and that there are other people who have similar experiences. Mm -hmm. And we're here to speak up not only for ourselves, but for you too and teach you how to speak up. Oh, yes. It's a hard journey, but it is worth it. Um, So what about you, Miss Alice? What do you hope that everybody takes? I, I would hope that people would take that it's it's okay to to have your boundaries and, and to hold your boundaries even in a medical setting or a professional yes. setting. Absolutely. It goes way beyond just personal. And um, I know I know I tend to just talk about the personal boundaries a lot and I'm hoping that this podcast will actually bring out more of those other sides for me. Mm-hmm. Um, But definitely it it goes so beyond personal and whether that is not accepting, you know, bad treatment at work, like Alice said, or from your doctors, Mm -hmm. know your boundaries, know your worth. Yep. And walk away when it's time. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, our episode and we'll see you folks for the next week for our longer episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.